Hello, everybody, and welcome back again to join us and sit by the fireside in the Cobalt Cave. And you're with us today. I'm Shiv. I'm Ailey. Are you all right? Yeah, I just totally forgot. (laughs) Totally forgot words. I just totally forgot words. I was going to say something and then just completely left my brain. Oh, no. Um, it's been one of those weeks. Oh, no. But we are back again with another fantastic episode of Two Cobalts in a Trench Coat. And today, which we hope you're going to enjoy listening to, is getting into character. So mm. what does that mean? All right. So getting into character is finding you, you know, finding how you're going to play the character that you've created. It's a similar theme to how actors get into their character, get into their role when Mm. they're on stage or when they're um, making films. And it works for TTRPGs as well because, well, they're called role-playing games for a reason. And finding a way to get into the state of mind of your character is really helpful to get you engaged in the games that you're playing. I mean, it's all fair and well saying I hit that with my sword. Yay. I hit. That's great. But how do they do it? What, you know, are they a flourishing swashbuckler type? Are they going to, yeah. Swoop in with that, that dashing flick of the rapier. Or are they the kind that just screams and hits things randomly and hopes well, for yeah. the best? So or are you the barbarian who like wants to just smash and hack his way through? Smash and hack hack and smash. Smash and hack and smash. Yeah. Smash. Smash smash. Smash. So much smash. As sometimes I, oh, I yeah. Swedish. Swedish <laughs> so smash. Um, so the, yeah so yeah <laughs> it's, it's just how do you get into your character and i get asked this mm-hmm. actually quite a lot some of my some of my newbies like how how do i get into my character you know how do i make it him or her believable like I don't, well, well, okay. I well, mean, it's it's a bit of a difficult question ooh, to answer, isn't it? Really? It really because is. The way like... I see it, let's just take, I mean, for Kiva, your character, if you've not listened to the fantastic <laughs> actual play podcast, Homebrew Havoc on Amazon uh, Productions, Amazon's Twitch channel, then I suggest you go do it, because that's what we, we're on. Um, but... Um, for Kiva, how do you embody that character? How do you get into that character? What's the mindset? Is there a mindset? Or do you just change into a Scottish accent and away you go? All right. So Kiva, actually, to get into Kiva, to get into Kiva, to get into the Kiva mindset, I actually have to empty my head. Kiva's not exactly the smartest tool in the shed she's uh she's a little bit naive Mm -hmm. she's in a world that she doesn't a hundred percent understand so right 
to get into Kiva's mindset, what I've actually what I actually do is um I sit back for about 15, 20 minutes and I just empty my head of all thoughts, just sort of no tip all of that out. We've got nothing going on in here right now. Right. And we're gonna be absolutely brain dead. Yeah. And then I start to think about trees. <laughs> this sounds really stupid, but no, it's true. I think about trees and I mm. think about the things that – I basically start thinking about the things that I know Kiva loves. So Kiva likes dancing. I am not a very good dancer, so I would right. say I don't actually up and dance, but I imagine what it would be like if she was dancing. Mm. I imagine playing an instrument again – no, I can't do that. So I imagine what it might be like to be playing an instrument. And I sort of visualize those things in my mind. Yeah. And then I just let my head fill with those thoughts instead. So what would it be like if I actually did this? I wonder how many leaves are on that tree over there. Which smells better, and just, oak or beech? And and are just, you just building from there, right? I build layers. into... It sounds really stupid, and it's it's quite a weird way of doing it. But I like to sort of think about the questions that Kiva would ask and then ask them and go from there. But I do have to, like, almost meditate and empty my head first because otherwise yeah. I'm I get caught up on – the things that have been happening in, during the day, and I have to sort yeah. of, no, I've got to get out of that mindset, just yeah. clear it. And the real life starts to blur with the characters, like, no, no, this is not evil at all. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, I'm not into like um, the full immersion thing. So Kiva obviously doesn't like clothes. So I'm not into the full immersion side because that would just be embarrassing for everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> there'd be a hell of a lot of um, uh, weird, creepy subscribers, but you know that's the n- no, no, thank you. But um, no, be some very strange lurkers. There in the chat. would <laughs> it's, it's not the lurkers that well, I'm worried about. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. But <laughs> but um, no, it might for for Kiva that is my method. I have to sort of empty everything from my head and so then put myself into a very childlike very simple worldview I, I can't think of anything mm. overly clever so she would so for example she wouldn't know anything about economics she's got no concept okay. of societal standards she doesn't understand clothes and um those kinds of things so i have to kind of empty my head of all those kinds of things and then fill it back up with useless stuff. Well, what would be useless for me in my everyday life? So things about trees and colours and smells mm. and music and dance, neither of which I can do. Kiva type stuff. <laughs> Kiva stuff, yeah. I think about yeah. Kiva stuff. That Actually, that's the simplest way I can put it. I think Kiva stuff. I think about mm. what Kiva's favorite food is. I think about what her favorite drink might be. I think about if she has, if you know, she doesn't like clothing, but if she had a favorite pair of pants, what color would they be? That kind of thing. Yeah. 
and yeah. just the little nuances of the character. But I have had other methods for other characters because that doesn't work for all the char- all characters I've played. Okay. Kiva's a Kiva's a bit of a special case because she is quite she's very very different to some right. of the other characters I've played. She's very she's almost the complete opposite of me in that she's you know she's quite charming and sweet and very she will happily talk for hours and you know she's she's quite mm. confident in herself you know she she knows what she knows she knows that she knows the things she knows and she knows she's good yeah. at the things she's good at she has some hesitations like i don't know what i'm doing anymore but that's oh, the yeah. same for everyone. But she is quite, she's almost the opposite of me. So it's, for me, it's difficult to get into her mindset without emptying my head first. Ah, but, so I was just about to ask the question, do you find it easier be trying to, you know, be the opposite of what you're like in reality as like a way of um, shedding the skin, as it were, to be like, nah, you know. What I normally do, is I normally pick an aspect of my personality that actually I would quite like to, you know, I'd, I'd quite like to show off this this thing. I'd quite, I'd be very interested in exploring that side of me. So my wizard character, for example, was an absolute prodigal smarty pants, and it was based off of when I was when I was back at school. Right. I was in special classes because I was in the top 2% of the country. So I got in special classes. I got like special treatment because I was a smart ass prodigal pants. Wait, right. no, wait, prodigal smart, whatever. Prodigal pants. We're going to go with that now is prodigal yeah, pants. pants. Um, <laughs> so back then, that was something that I was quite ashamed of. I did it because, yeah. you know, I got. I got free stuff out of it. So, you know, it was all good, but I was quite ashamed of that because I was bullied for it. So it was something that I was never that big on exploring, you know, I I don't, I just want to get through school and and do, you know, be as quiet as possible. But Mm -hmm. looking back, I was kind of like, well, what if I'd actually just open openly like, yes, I'm a nerd. Yes. I like to read stuff. What, what if, so I'll pick an aspect of my personality and move and roll with that. Right. And do you remember the game we played and I, uh, you were the DM and I was Orsis? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yep. she's that's a bit a, of a, a one shot. She was a, a bit. She was out a barbarian. There. She was a little yeah. bit out there, a little bit of a crackpot. Um, but she was actually based off of an exercise that we did uh when I was in when I was doing drama classes there was an exercise that we did where think it was basically think of something that drives you insane and then embody that insanity right and I was like okay all right so for Orsi's, it was basically everybody that she loved had been taken away from her. And that's something that, you know, that 
is always that's a big fear of mine. I don't want, I don't like losing people that I right. care about. Nobody does. Yeah, you know, right. of course not. And so for her, I actually explored how that would feel if I did lose it. So if suddenly I didn't have anyone, right? How would how do I think that would feel? How would that embody itself? How does so, everyday behaviour? Like yeah, and I can, you know, I can flat out. I would, I would crack. I'm not, not <laughs> just I, <laughs> I. No, just no. I would not. Um, yeah. It would be too much for me. It would be like, nope. I'm going to just hide behind this mask of crazy, naughty, slut person. I don't know, and just you know, do anything I can to take away from the sad and the pain basically it's it yeah it'd be almost as if you were trying to hide yourself by portraying something else as like a mask or a shield to the outside world yeah so that was that was how i was trying to portray her i used an emotion as a basis for the the entire concept and then whenever i wanted to get into that into her her mindset, I would actually sit and think about that emotion and think about that feeling and actually put myself into that mental state of where I might be a little bit upset. Which yeah. sound, Again, that sounds a bit weird, but it, it was the only way I could think of of really exploring that concept. But, but it's like you're drawing on emotions you could understand to get the results yeah. you want. Yeah. For for Aussies, that was a the emotion that I specifically drew on for that was how it felt when I found out that my nan had died. So my nan died when I was eight years old, right. and that was pretty tough for me because my nan was like always there. She was just in my life all the time. You know, when my mum went back to work, my nan moved house to live near to us so that she could pick us up from school. And she taught us us to make cupcakes and all all of that. But my nan passed away. And then a year later, uh, on my birthday, we went to the crematorium to visit her Mm -hmm. grave. And it was on that day that I found out, actually, your nan died on your birthday. So that was the day I found out my nan had died on my eighth birthday. And as you can imagine, nine years old. It was a bit yeah, of a bombshell. A bit hard to take. It was one of the. It was a massive betrayal moment um, at the time because, first off, I'd been lied to for a year by my parents, and I was really angry about that. My nan was still dead, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "No, no, I'm super angry about this," and I didn't know how to react to that. I honestly didn't know how to react to the news that actually your nan died on your birthday and we didn't tell you for a whole year. And I was like, I I don't know how to react to that. And I'm, that is and I had, those, yeah. And I ended up putting on this face of, no, the world is absolutely fine. This is all right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm handling this. I'm, it's, it's fine. I ended up, Putting on a persona of understanding, like, yes, I get mm. it. I, I, but actually, underneath that, I was 
really hurt, really angry. Rage. And that's kind of that's kind of what Orsius was. Hmm. Orsius was basically a manifestation of that subliminal rage that you took everything. You you you've told lies. You took this thing from me. And, yeah. And uh, she was basically the manifestation of that. So I used to think about that moment to get into hmm. her head, which again, okay. it's it's yeah. like. It's a bit of an intense one, but then again, Orsi's was a bit intense, so yeah. she mean, needed some intense treatment. Even, even for a one shot, I mean that was intense to get into just for a one shot. I am, but, um, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to create a character and play it, you should you should try and play it to the best of your ability, even if it is just a one in. shot. Yeah, yeah go yeah, all in because. All in. Because it's fun. That's that's just my hmm. opinion. Yeah. But there's lots of other ways that you can go in and get into character without going, like, thinking about sad moments or whatever. Like, I've also done the whole listen to music, make a playlist and listen to music. Hmm. I have a playlist from one of my old, again, The Wizard. Um, it was a bunch of music that, I actually put together because it embodied a lot of the values that she had. So they would sing about things that embodied the values that she had. And I would listen to those and it would help me get into that kind of mindset. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, that's another good thing. If you've got like music to listen to that, that might your character might influence that character or, you go, oh yeah, they if they were a per if they were an actual person, then that's the sort of music they would listen to. These bands, they would these songs have meanings. So a playlist is always quite a good idea to try yeah. and get into character. I've also known that I haven't done this, but mm-hmm. I do know that sometimes uh, people will base characters off of existing characters. So. They might pick somebody that they like from a book or from a, a movie or whatever. And they, they will build a character influence by that. And to get into that mindset, what they'll then do is they'll sit down and read a passage from that book or they'll watch an episode of that show or watch a, a section of that film with that character in it. So it's, uh, someone I know I knew was building a character who was basically like a um, a supernatural hunting paladin, and they would watch Supernatural to get oh, into that. Yes. And that that's that just makes a lot of sense because you know yeah. who, who there is no one better than Sam and Dean Winchester to embody the supernatural hunting paladins. You know, they, I mean, of course they that's cock up. A good- yeah, I mean, they cock up. Yeah. yeah, to borrow it's for that. It, it's good fun yeah. as well. They're very entertaining. But, you know, there, there's I've tried lots of different things, and it, mm. it depends on the character for me, like how I do it. As I said, Kiva, I literally have to empty my head and then just think about Kiva things. <laughs> yeah. And then it all clicks after a couple of minutes, and then you're in the zone. Yeah, it is I basically think. a meditation. Yeah. It is basically a form yeah. of meditation. And, and that's yeah. Orsi's was a was a whole 
other <laughs> killer fish. Um, yeah. Frozen that's ones. I think that's, <laughs> that's why um, some people misinterpret it when they go, oh, it's TTRPG, da, da, da. But as as other people have described it, and I kind of like, yeah, no, I kind of agree. It's a performance at the end of the day. You're getting into a role. If you're not, you could say it's kind of amateur, you know, for want of a better word, it's amateur dramatics, darling. Yeah, and drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely thing, a bit. You know. There is definitely a lot that, you know, a lot of parallels between theatre and tabletop role play. There's a, yeah. it's called it's, role play for a reason. You are playing a role. You are performing a role. Yeah. It's, it's basically like when you do, you know, when you go to work and you have to do those training sessions, you have to imagine you're the customer and you're, you're going to, yeah. to buy a sofa and be, be yeah. an obnoxious dick about it. And it's basically that. And, it's it's all the same same thing. You ha- you get into a mindset when you when you're being an obnoxious dick customer. Think about the time that you were the obnoxious dick yeah. customer. And you it, know? It's just those sorts of moments that's kind of turned up to eleven to an extent. It's just like I have to try and figure out the, the character I've created, the backstory I've created. What are they like? If I met them as a a real entity, like would I? Would I like them? Would I get on with them? Or would you actually yeah. no, I don't like them for this reasons because they're pompous, they're arrogant, they look yeah. down upon people. But they kind of have this weird kindness about them that we can't quite put their finger on. They care about some people but not others, you know. Yeah. Well yeah. that's that's why I like to make a list for my characters of little silly little things that may never come up. They may never, ever be mentioned, but they're little things that make the character more real, more believable. So one of my favourites is what colour pants do they like to wear? It's never going to come up. Nobody's ever going to need to know what colour pants they wear. But it's just that satisfaction of knowing, I'm wearing the pink frilly ones today. Or... My favourite colour is purple or something like mm. that. It's probably never going to come up. But yeah, Or like what would you associate your character's favourite smell is or something like that or favourite food? Woodland musk for Kiva. She likes yeah. the smell of the forests. Yeah. That's her favourite smell. Mm. What's, what's her favourite thing to eat? Honey cake because she loves honey. All fae love honey. It's a simple fact. If you ever want to yeah. pacify a fae, give them honey. So she loves honey yeah. cake. And what's uh, what's her favourite thing to do? Dance. She loves to dance. Mm-hmm. You can ask me, like, really silly, like, useless questions about Kiva, and the, the chances are I'll be able to answer because yeah. I've already sat there and asked myself these questions. Like, what's her favourite colour? Exactly. What's her favourite food? What does she like to do uh, when she's not trancing but is still resting? kind of thing how many times has she stabbed herself with a sewing needle trying to repair that bloody piece of clothing that you know she's caught in a in a tree and what's what's her favorite instrument that sort of thing well she's she's she rather enjoys the pan flute but it's difficult to sing while you're playing the pan flute but she likes the way it sounds so 
that's a favorite there you go, there you go. Yeah. but it's so just that's, little that's things the sort of thing it's just it's kind of Excuse building me. it's building blocks isn't it building blocks to kind of make it a fully formed character of what they like what they dislike and i think you can sort of build up on that and you can be like I go to a different city or a town, but I enjoy this now. The character kind of enjoys this thing, like new experiences for the character for them to grow as well. Well, there's also this, oh, that's what's called method acting. So Mm. if your character is a bard who likes, who happens to like art, go to an art gallery, sit in an art gallery for a bit, you know, it's good for cult. For, it's good for cultural expansion, regardless. So I highly recommend going to an art gallery and looking at some yeah. art because just do it. You always find something new. Painting, sculptures, all sorts. Yeah, you can just be like, you know, I suppose you could use that as a little exercise. You could sit in the yeah. thing and be like, right, my characters are fun. <laughs> what were, if they were sat here? What kind of things would they be drawn to? You can look about and go, that sculpture over there. They'd probably look at that and go, actually, I quite like the look of that. Or there's a painting over there that they were drawn to, things like that. Or they go up to a statue and it's like, hurt butts, because they're mature. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's one of those silly exactly. things. But you you can learn a lot about your character by engaging in the things that they enjoy. Like I said, I can't dance, I can't sing. But on occasion, when nobody's looking, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put some music on and I'll, you know, get a little boogie going and just, oh, you know, actually I feel kind of good about that. Mm. And that's a, that's a little way of getting to getting into their mindset, but knowing these little things about your character, the, the little, the little things that you and I don't think of in our daily lives, but actually they make up quite a big, portion of ourselves so like you probably don't notice when you go to the shop but you're drawn to t-shirts of a certain color or you might be drawn to foods that have a certain taste or texture or you know when choose when choosing a beer or a wine you might look for certain flavors so whenever I'm choosing wine I usually look for things like red berries or raspberry or something like that and I, okay, it's yeah. a subconscious thing. I just do. I, I will look at the back and generally speaking, if it says red berries, cherries or raspberry, I will probably try it. I'm in. That's me. I'm in. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's me. Yeah. I'm right in there. Yeah. Or if you're looking, okay. if you're looking for like new shoes, you'll always be drawn to like certain styles more than others yeah. and it, it becomes a subconscious thing you'll automatically scan over the things that don't take your fancy and you'll go straight for the ones that actually match your aesthetic and you don't even think about it when you're doing it you just do yeah it's like you you're portraying your own style so in a way then to, to sort of get into character you could be like well, I could think of what is, let's just say, like Kiva's style, what would it be? Would it be like oranges, browns, reds, yellows, like as a colour scheme? If you went to a clothes shop, what colours would she be drawn to for clothes? Kiva would, would absolutely, would it be, Or would yeah. it depend on the size of the time of the year? Kiva would absolutely be drawn to greens and browns, so mostly earthy colours. 
Uh, mm. She would probably avoid anything too lurid, too out there. So anything like right. a fluorescent pink or anything, she'd probably avoid that, like the plague, because that She's just... She's not going to go that, for a teal or anything like that. She probably, if it was a sort of more natural shade of teal so something that you might find in nature itself but she certainly wouldn't go for something that was excessively vibrant so if it was if it was bright probably not if it was muted then probably she'd also go for things that are loose and flowy so she would like soft fabrics like silks and chiffons things that drape and and float and they do this little clingy thing but they don't stick to you she would avoid lycra, no lycra ever for Kiva. <laughs> she was like, nope, don't even touch that stuff. It's it's like, it makes her feel sick. I always like the, the flowing sort of thing to like a bit of a Stevie Nicks type character, mm. like lots of scarves and flowing sort of things like that, and lots of spinning and, and all that sort well, of that's, stuff. Well, that comes down to the dance thing, doesn't it, with, for yeah. Kiva? she would absolutely like the appearance of the flowing because it, it's got that whole mm. natural feel, the wind and movement and life. Yeah. And that, that's just kind of her thing. So that's that would be the sort of thing she'd go for. But then... Now, what, to, we, <laughs> what would Kiva's song be? Kiva's song, she actually would probably sing... If she were to choose one, there is one that I really wish I could sing, and I love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Noble Maiden Fair, and it's sung in Gaelic, and it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, you can actually, um, you can actually Google it because it is a song from the film Brave. And um, okay, yes, Emma Thompson sings it. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's a lullaby. Oh. It's actually a lullaby. Hmm. But it's so nice. And it's about, it's literally a, a lullaby that you would sing to uh, your uh, daughter, your baby girl. And for Kiva, that's hmm. a song that her mother would sing to her. She, yeah. you know, Noble Maiden Fair is, um, you know, it's got a lot of subtle meaning, meaning that I know the meaning of, but maybe Kiva doesn't at this point in time, which is why it's even more she important. She associates it with yeah. mum. So she just she, associates that with her that's mum. Her mother, yeah. That's her mother song. And, you know, she misses her mum quite a lot. So that would be her go-to song at this point. But she's also been tempted to sing it for Cadis on occasion because Cadis comes over as this kind of like brusque and a little bit butch in some ways. But actually to yeah. Kiva, Kiva sees Cadis as like this, almost like a knight in shining armor combined with the princess kind of thing because of her social status. So mm-hmm. she wants, she, she thinks that, Oh, but she's going through some hard times. Maybe she'd like a lullaby. And then that's the first song that pops into her head, that lullaby. And she's like, oh, no, I could sing that for Cadis. And she'd really love to sing it for Cadis, but she's kind of a little bit like, I haven't had, haven't had the opportunity. Odd. Yeah. She might think it's weird. Yeah. I mean, is it that, 
does is there that thing where she would assume like, oh, this would kind of complicate it or help her or whatever? I think she probably would, if only for the rhythm of it, because it's mm-hmm. right. So it's quite a soothing song. It's got a lot of like it's almost like waves, ebbs and flows, like up and down sort of thing. Yeah. And when you're listening to it, it's, you can tell why it's a lullaby. But I think uh, she would definitely think of it as a soothing song because of the relationship she had with her mum. But obviously, Cadis' yeah. relationship with her mum was quite bad. And Kiva wants mm-hmm. to share the good stuff. So she wants to, she wants to sing the good stuff. So that would be, that would still be her go-to yeah. song. Um, Actually, what I'm just trying to think, what would her go-to song for Hawthorne be? Because he's quite <laughs> Hawthorne. You know what? He's what? kind of what? he's kind of wiggled what? away from the original the, the original way that I saw Hawthorne. Well, how I thought did he, you see Hawthorne? I thought Hawthorne when he first, you know, he was quite, you know, he was quite calm and, you know. This would look at a little bit gentle, a little bit like reserved, and then next thing he's like grabbing people by the collar and like I'm gonna fuck you up, you bastard. Ah. Whoa, (laughs) what's happening? Okay, that's that's different. It's that thing of of layers, isn't it? It's that thing of layers. This guy wasn't always a priest. He wasn't always a cleric. He was not exactly a bad guy. He fell in with a bad lot. And he kind of had to survive. And now he's turned over a new leaf to an extent. But he also remembers that he can do things that some clerics and that would probably be like, oh, my Lord. But he's like, no, I have no hands. I have no problem getting my hands dirty whatsoever. I've done it before and I can do it again. All right. So we've we've talked about how I get into my characters and Mm. particularly Kiva because she's like – the, yeah, she's the big out there character at the moment. She's the one that's got yeah. artwork all over the place. Uh, yeah, what about Hawthorne? How do you get into Hawthorne's character? Because you're you don't strike me as the type that would you know <laughs> smacks you know get all. Like... Oh no, definitely not. But I think that he has. <laughs> <me>. Sorry, <clears throat> no, that's cool. Uh, he has a, a, a lot of. Rage, I could, I suppose you. Could I, don't, I hadn't noticed. No, exactly. <laughs> I think it's a lot of things from betrayal to one protect to realizing that his. I mean, his his backstory is essentially stuff happened. His mother died. His dad didn't handle the grief very well, and basically became very sort of morose and. Uh, um, is it aggressive or more sort of like determined and things like that so very negative emotions I I kind of see that he's he goes from he sort of weaves between both of those like determination and aggression because you can be determined without aggression but you can also be aggressive without the determination and sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes it comes over to me that 
maybe Hawthorne is just is being aggressive, but not necessarily because he wants to be. It's just because it's the only way he knows how to express certain things. And that's kind of sweet. I, yeah, because, I think it's, like, it's that thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is how I can get my message across in this way. And I think, as I wrote in my backstory, and this is not a revelation, it's, it's, I'll tell you now, it's basically he felt he, his, his mother was basically, you have to protect the, the, the river, basically, the younger brother. He's the youngest, you have to protect him no matter what. You know, if something happens to me, your dad's not going to react very well. Because, like, in, in real life, where there's partnerships, if something happens to one or other, some there's a, like a, an imbalance. So she knew because she was kind of very druidic. That's how I wrote the backstories that she knew that something would happen to her, he would not react well. So she was like, "Whatever you do, you have to protect him because mm. he's." I don't know what ha- will happen, but you guys might not be in a good place like we are in a family unit in the forest where we were in our little set and all that sort of stuff and eventually that's what happened she died he took it badly and he was like well we have no home so we have to survive some way this is what we're going to do and he dragged his two younger sons one was older than Hawthorne was older than River and and but that's how it worked but then how do you how do you get into that though how do you get into that mindset because i obviously i don't know anything about your uh, family history but it's just well i know of, that like, you were sort of... i i know that you were like a what a, how do we refer uh, a a raft brat there's a mm. so you move so, around a lot yeah, yeah so but obviously you've, just you've got that it, aspect it was... but yeah how but do you get into like the rest of it of... Um, it's a lot of experiences from like TV shows, um, people who've like experienced like loss and how that feels and how that can change your personality, grief in particular, because that's how I wrote it, that like his dad changed dramatically through grief, not necessarily in a bad, like as a bad, he was never a bad person. He was a good person, but grief does strange things to people and it can change you fundamentally and he watched that happen he watched his dad go from a loving like husband father and all that to this guy who was resentful who was like basically he lost the one thing he loved and he just didn't, couldn't handle it so he basically went from this full circle and he watched that happen to his is is like the person he only the person he had left and then to then deal with that betrayal because the son, the youngest, would, would then go, I'm, whatever dad says I'll do because I'm naive and I don't know any different. And it's like, look, you'll be in a minute play. He, he, this is not a good way to live our lives. And it became like a clash to the point when the dad became so resentful, like you're getting in our way. So that's it. We're going to have to do something about this. And unfortunately. The way I wrote it was they picked on someone they shouldn't have and it went badly. And Hawthorne's reaction was not to save his dad because his dad basically run off because he was like, I've got to get out of here, was to save River because River was the one in trouble. And he always remembered she told me to whatever the cost, 
help save him, like look after him. And that's what it was. So to then have that betrayal was like his world was sort of like, this is not, I don't know what to do now. So what, it's a lot of that. So what tools do you use to get into that sort of thing, though? Because um, I, I have, you know, I'm hoping nobody's ever actually stabbed you in the back. You no, know, no, that no, would, no, no, no. So <laughs> um, I, I've, it's, it's always, it's always that thing where you experience. It's not well. You could say stab in the back in an emotional sense if you've ever been like you've lost friendships, you've lost relationships, and stuff like that. So you draw on those sorts of emotions. I think of people letting you down in some form or other. So you kind of remember those sort of moments, how that made you feel at the time. So there's a little bit of that you can draw upon, but not too heavily because it's quite, hang it quite depressing. <laughs> but you sort of um, think back to go, okay, yeah, that made me feel shitty. So you can draw on that. I think that's where a lot of his stuff comes from, is he was, and it's, it's very much, and I've seen a lot of these documentaries, these programs from people like kids, have parents that aren't don't cope so they have to grow up quickly to look after the rest of the family and that's kind of where i drew inspiration from like this guy he had a life he was happy bad things happened his family unit broke down he was then forced to look after his younger brother the parent then became sort of manipulative and kind of narcissistic sort of behavior and all that sort of stuff and Turn, trying to turn one against the other and then bad things happened and so on and so forth and then the whole point of him trying to turn over a new leaf was like i'm going to leave that person behind i want to be someone different now this is a new start for them i forget that happened i forget they existed they're out in the world somewhere but not near me so i don't need to worry about it anymore okay, so that's where he cries to become and that yeah does that then involve a different sort a different set of tools for getting into that mindset because Obviously, the the mindset of I've been betrayed, the pain, the rage that's that's one side. But mm. Hawthorne's got that kind side. Hawthorne has that gentle side. How that's does just that? Me. That's that's part. Oh, of, that's, that's, me. that's that's all you, me. is it? That's just you. Bit. Yeah, that's me. That's <laughs> this just is just me. it's just that me. I am a kind and gentle yeah. badger. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's the thing. That's what I draw upon is like the sort of like the listening the not giving advice by trying to be holier than that, but the listening, like, well, how does that make you feel? Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. it how, how do you feel yeah. about the how fact you that your it? son left you? <laughs> yeah. And that was, I mean, even that was like a funny moment. because It's like, you're telling me all this. You do realise that your son, your daughter didn't leave, left, but your son also did as well. So, I mean, what's the difference? That sort of attitude is like <laughs> very kind of blunt in that experience in that sort of thing it's no. like you can tell me all these things but i'll shine the light on it and go well in the day uh, explain discuss are you actually a blunt so person so kind though? of can <laughs> i can be yeah that's the thing i can be sometimes not all the time i try not to be but you know it's like that a, sort of thing of you just yeah like a bludgeoning warhammer to the face all right yeah. so <laughs> If... Not, not all the time, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> that would be painful. Yeah. But so all the time. Okay. Oh God! <laughs> ah, broken nose. But okay, if you were to give Hawthorne a theme song, then what would you pick as Hawthorne's theme song? Because that's it's that. There's quite a lot 
going on there with Hawthorne. Um, and I would pick, and I, I've, I've listened to this song and I do love it, and I've actually, it made me put a, a playlist for Hawthorne together. Ooh. And it is, and it's called, let me find it, let me find it. Here it is. Soldier, Poet, King by the Oh Hello. That's ah. a nice little song. That's what I would choose for Hawthorne. it's just yeah if you listen to it go and listen to it it's a cool little song and i just feel like you know i can imagine him like the the lyrics of it you know it's a cool little song it's a bit folksy um yeah so i kind of just had a thought about Mm -hmm. a song for hawthorne that maybe kiva would Sort of thing. So there's a song by a band called Runrig. It's a Scottish Runrig, uh, yeah. Celtic rock Celtic band. Loch Lomond, I remember. Oh, I, yeah. I know the song called Loch Lomond, yeah. Well, who doesn't know Loch Lomond? It's a very traditional yeah. traditional little song now. Um, I, I was at the mm-hmm. Year of the Flood in Loch uh, <laughs> Ness and it flooded. So, yeah, that was a great mm. concert that got flooded. <laughs> so wonderful. But there's a song of theirs. Uh, it's called From the North. And the very first few oh, yeah. lines are, From the North came a warrior bearing burdens dark and deep. I've a will, I've a wanting, with miles to go before I sleep. And that kind of, it's quite dark. Yeah. But if you listen to the rest of the lyrics, there are, hints in there at if you know i have these things that i can bring to you if you know you if you're good to me i'm good to you kind of thing there's this whole thing about um what was the line i have horses in my stable i have sons fit to fight i will bring this to your table if you ride with me this night and that's basically saying you know you help me and i can help you i've got you know, I have things. Oh, it's mine. It's yours. But, yeah. yeah. But it's quite a dark. It's quite a dark song. It's got this energy. It's got this subtle energy to it. Mm. There's a sort of hopefulness in there, but it is quite dark when mm. you listen to it. And maybe it's just because of the way that they've recorded it. But it it has this. Possibly. And I'll check it out. That kind of I kind of hear that with Hawthorne because. There is this element of hopefulness. There's this turning over a new leaf. But then there's that stuff underneath. And I just suddenly mm. thought that's that's what would probably make Kiva. Yeah. That's the song Kiva would probably make. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say he's a broken character, but I would say he's kind of, he hasn't quite gotten over the past. And obviously then reintroducing that has kind of brought up some stuff, as you saw how aggressive he got, because it was just like, I won't tolerate this behaviour anymore. Mm. I did once and it and it and it went badly for me. So I'm not gonna let this yeah. happen and affect the people I now know and like again. So it got it was like a very protective thing, like I said, like not me, but Hawthorne. I should <laughs> we blend <laughs> into said... one. We're... No, but, but we like, are one person him, now. You know, yeah, we are it's method. Um, <laughs> like when he said when he was in the prison cell, you know, I think it was the prison cell. Do you know how many hours I have spent thinking about what I would do if I saw you again? It was one of those things like, yeah, it's got to creep into his mind at some point if he ever saw him again. 
what would he do to him? Would he be able to control it? Would he be able to, you know, be able to have an actual civilised discussion? And it kind of sort of went that way. But it was like, you know, putting him on notes, like, I'm not the person you remember. I'm different now. But also, I don't know, more dangerous, but more sort of like, (laughs) I'm not the guy you think I am. Yeah. Yeah, a bit more capable. Okay, so that then begs the question, you go, you go into the like the quite deep thoughts with uh, hmm. when getting into Hawthorne's character. Do you think about the fluff things like I do, like the color of his pants and stuff like that? Um, no, I th- I think of like the stuff that he likes, like you know the smells and things like that. But I also, and then that's when the silliness comes into it, like when he comes out with a comment, just like that's the sort of fun side. You know, like yeah. when we had won the bid for the train thing, it was just like, so where's the train? Why has it not been built yet? That sort of like <laughs> lightheartedness, sort of, you know, just to, just to be like, he's not super serious all the time. He's He can be quite sort of funny, funny to an extent. But, I mean, what does what is Kiva's thoughts on Hawthorne? What does she literally think of him as a person in the group or does she not so from i'm having to sort of empty certain thoughts out of my head because i need to separate kiva from ailey hang on uh, (laughs) so kiva is actually very fond of hawthorne I mean, I'm very mm-hmm. fond of Hawthorne because I think he's fucking hilarious. But <laughs> Kiva sees in Hawthorne a certain a certain degree of solitude mm-hmm. that to her is very familiar mm. because she's not from this world. She's not from and tear so she doesn't know anything and there's all these buried she's got all of these buried feelings about feeling lost and feeling scared and being homesick and in a way she kind of feels a a kinship with Hawthorne in that sense because while Hawthorne's Mm. emotions are more negative like anger and hatred and things like that roller coaster yeah yeah there's still feelings that are hidden for a reason and Mm. for from kiva's point of view that's a that's very sad and she wants to make she wants hawthorne to be happy because Mm. hawthorne's a nice guy hawthorne's always been good to her hawthorne's been looking after her and she she's hawthorne is the one that if there was something that she needed to say, something that was maybe a little bit strange, a little bit esoteric, a little bit more spiritual. Hawthorne's the one she'd go to and say it yeah. because he's the spiritual one. Mm. He could kind of get it. Yeah. So that's why she went to him about the prophecy before anybody else. Right. Because he could make sense of it or at least kind of make her make sense of it at least yeah she it was kind of like a prophecy isn't like it's not like Cadis where Cadis was um 
like born into this long line of of people in a rulership ruling yeah. position. So Kiva's just like somebody's somewhere in the vast multiverse has decided that it's going to be up to me to do something, and I don't get why. <laughs> so yeah, why if I'd been chosen? So from Kiva sees Hawthorne as somebody who has a lot buried deep down, Mm -hmm. but as someone that she could depend on, she trusts him. Mm. And even, even if occasionally he does go a bit scary badger, she, (laughs) she still, she's, she trusts him. She doesn't, she's, fully believes that Hawthorne is someone who would never turn on her. Yeah. Whether and she's think, right or not, that, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. I can, I can probably, <laughs> spoiler warning out there. Yeah. Spoiler warning, no. <laughs> but pers- for me personally, that's where I kind of got the, uh, the, the, the badgerness <laughs> well, because um, badgers can be quite sort of aggressive and, and can I, be quite vicious at times. Have you, I've, have you ever... I think it was a few years ago. It was like on what was it, Nature Watch or something like that. They filmed a badger set, and oh my god, <laughs> I'm yeah. so angry! Those badgers were so angry all the time. Yeah, but it's just it's like yeah, they're going, yeah, they, they can be quite sort of. They could teeth. also be, yeah, and they can also be quite sort of fine with it. So they're cute. They're so cute yeah. though. I mean, it's like Hawthorne's got that chitty face. It's like, oh, Scrooge's face. I think, and I think that's the thing is when you think about the group as a whole, and obviously, I I don't know if you remember, you probably did remember, like when he, when Kiva's dad was like, oh, I hope you look after her. And he was like, yeah, I would. I'd lay down my life for her. That's not, that's fine. Yeah. And you were like, oh, be careful. But he was deadly serious. He was like, yeah. She's she is she would he would protect her because he sees her not less capable, but uh, it's going to sound bad, but more naive, so more need oh, no. of yeah of of like you might get yourself into trouble, but I'll be there to help you. She'll absolutely get herself into trouble. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> he knows that someone like Dodo can talk himself out of it. Cadis will will fight her way out of it or do Cadis <laughs> that yeah Cadis would be Cadis and get out of it no matter what he believes that Kiva is the one like shit could go down and if it got worse then he would be like I will be the wall that stops anything from happening to you and if that costs him his life he was like I'll, bed, I'll, I'll lay down my life for it because is he, he sees her as someone like worth saving essentially see that's quite a big thing so Getting into Kiva's character, this has mm. to play a part because obviously Kiva is technically a fae. She is technically I'll tell you something that was my thinking as well. <laughs> she's technically a fae because mm. she was born and raised from a line of people that were born and raised in the Fae world. She yes. is a native of the Fae world. She is by Indeed. for all intents and purposes, she is the very definition of a fae. And so there's all these principles that she has to live by and memorize. So when I was building her character and trying to get into that character, I literally had to go and write down these rules like over and over and over and just memorize these rules 
because some of them are quite twisted. So when when Kiva was like, be, be careful, you know, if you say things like that, because, you know... Hold it is kind of a pact. In a it way. is. To a fae, <clears throat> your word is your bond. You cannot break your word. So you keep your promises. And if you say you will do something, you have to do it because a fae must never lie. In exactly. fact, a fae cannot lie. They are now, obliged to follow through with that. Now, obviously, in, <laughs> in, in character, does Kiva believe that Pawthorn would ever break his word? No. Okay. She fully believes, Kiva fully believes that Hawthorne would keep his word, which is why she's worried about what he said, because yeah. Kiva doesn't want him to die. Not not no. for her, not for anyone. But yeah. that's also why she's kind of a little bit concerned about, obviously, I wasn't there for this session, so I kind mm. of missed it. So it's a little bit sort of, sort of surreal surreal for me but yeah that whole bit with don't let a spoiler alert if you haven't seen this section yet of um homo havoc closure is now um go and listen to it it's on the podcast go and listen to it it's on the <laughs> podcast get there catch up then come back here yeah. okay um but that whole section where it's like don't let her sacrifice her life for a dad yeah that's kind of like would you stop me? That for her is like one of those, but I have to. Mm. And that's I where can't. I think there, there could be an issue. Because there could Hawthorne be. would because... probably be like, you can't do this. I won't let you. Or maybe he wouldn't if he was powerfully convincing enough. He'd be like, <laughs> if that's all. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, you see in these films where it's like the climactic moment when it's like, no, you've got to let me do this. I have to do this. Mm. And then the person's like, I can't, but I know I have to, so I have to let you go, that sort of thing. But then as well, it kind of folds back to the story that Kiva told. So stories are obviously part of Kiva's whole background, you know, telling stories. Yeah. I yeah. I sit down as part of Kiva's character development and I write fairy tales like short mm. little fairy stories and then i insert them into car- into kiva's little repertoire because hey it's fun i enjoy it but yeah. that story that she told of the elder dryad and the the champion that mm. obviously she's referring to very specific people in that that's a very it's a very very personal tale for her because Mm. she put in quite a few hints in it that yeah she's talking about how her dad and her mum met Mm. and there's a lot of information in there that actually when you when you listen to it you sort of think oh that's that's romantic but then when you listen to it again you're like oh hold on a second yeah so I don't, I don't know how much you actually recall about that. So I'm a little bit like, mm, no, I, I I'd have to go back and listen to it. It's one, you know, when you, you're in the mode, so, you like, you miss certain bits because you're not yeah. paying. You know, you, so yeah. there are aspects of that which make that whole thing very, very, very important to Kiva. That's why it was yeah. such a big. That's why I'm really, really pissed off that I missed it because it's such mm. a big deal. They. Yeah. You know, saying don't let her do this. 
but do the rest of you actually realize the implication that you're asking of you know what are you asking of kiva mm. by not yeah. letting her sacrifice herself what is the implication that you are making well, yeah. that she, you know, basically she, she has to then let her dad die, which she can't do ah. and that's why you need to re-listen to mm. the story because yeah. there's more to it <laughs> and, yeah. and that's yeah. actually that's another way that i get that that i like to get into mm. character write the backstories <laughs> quite Definitely. in depth yeah. there's a whole history of yeah. um, in part because I use it for my campaigns as well. The 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 Feywild that Kiva is from is not necessarily the same as the Feywild that you'll find in Feren, no. which is fine. It's it's my Feywild, and I'll do it's what a I different want. Different version, isn't it? Yeah. It's my Feywild. I'll cry if I want to, kind of yeah. thing. But it's my Feywild. Yeah. Yeah. So when when writing a backstory there's all these little things in it like little implications little bits and pieces so you drop a tidbit and then it can become a thing later and this is becoming a thing now there's a tidbit in mm. there in the story and now right. something has been said that can relate I, back to that so, it, yeah. yeah and that's yeah so i use those stories to fuel my character's thoughts and the feelings. Ah, interesting. Because the interesting thing was, and that's why he Hawthorne said what he said, because it goes back to the whole badgers, essentially, in what I looked up, badger folk, where they came from, were forest protectors that were made sentient by fae, <laughs> by archfey, essentially, you know, Oberon and all that. <laughs> So in his backstory before, you know, everything happened, they, he wasn't like always, you know, the um, Dawn Lord worshipper. He had like a very sort of paganistic sort of upbringing with they worship, they believe like, in Oberon and all that mm. sort of stuff. So that's why he's like, I have a connection to Fett in a sense. So that's why he's like, I'll protect you because that's his whole being, or badger folk person, like comes from Fey. Without them, they'd just be still normal badgers around in the forest. But it's they, them that made them sentient, sort of thing. So I think that was a little bit of like, oh, that kind of synergy there, that works. I think that's kind of interesting as well because in getting into the way that I've seen it is in, in getting into my character that is kind of fed into getting into your your character you know you getting into your character and then that's sort of synergized where we can now bounce off each other in character mm, but, and it it just feels natural yeah. now and that's a exactly, nice that's that... a, that's a nice thing about getting into character the way that you can if you can do it well the way that you then interact with others it feels natural together, and it flows it? Yeah. yeah and that that's mm. really the nice thing about getting into character and why it's really important to have these little methods of getting into that character even if it is something as simple as playing some music or reading a chapter of a book or whatever it it just it, it makes it so much easier to 
do that banter that you wouldn't normally do if yeah. you, you know what I yeah, mean. because it's like you know them on such a personal level. Yeah. Yeah. Because cool. I, I always feel that if, if it were to come to it, if somebody were to say to me, you know, if we were to, someone were to say to you and me, oh, you know, be Kiva and Hawthorne for a bit. Actually, I think it would be quite easy. Yeah, it'd be very to do yeah. because of that the the way that things have moved in game. It sort of made it easier to bounce off each other. Mm. Mm. Exactly, because I think that was one of the moments that surprised me was when she was like, "Oh, I want to speak. I want to speak specifically to Hawthorne about certain something like secret to her." It was just like, "Oh." Okay, so she confides in him. She obviously trusts him. That's cool. Compared to like, because I thought she had a good thing. She had like a close relationship with Dodo, and she obviously has like a good relationship with Cadis as well. So it was was kind of nice in that sense. Be like, oh, okay, he's more confident in Hawthorne. That's cool. I think the main that I think getting into Kiva's character, it's you kind of have to look at it from this point of view. Kiva lives in a society where most people are equals, but that there are certain titles that hold a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. So for Kiva, getting along with everybody is important. But when she looks at Cadis, Obviously, Cadis has a name, Cadis has a position, Cadis has authority. So in a way, to Kiva, it feels like she's bothering somebody of higher rank with useless things. And Cadis wouldn't see it like that. Cadis probably yeah. wouldn't see it like that. But the way that things work in the Feywild, things have to be, things have to be exchanged in equal measures. Right. So you can never give more than you take and you can never take more than you give. So the way that Kiva sees it, what she would be taking from Cadis is inferior to right. what she would be giving. You know, she, she or, or the other way around, sorry, what she's giving Cadis is inferior to what she's taking kind of thing. And it, yeah. it, it's not equal. However, with Hawthorne, she actually feels that there is, a, there is a certain level of trust and kinship there. She feels confident that their exchanges can be equal. Yeah, it's not. So, like, where, so, yeah. so where she actually feels inferior to Cadis, she feels confident that Hawthorne and herself are sort of on a level playing. Sort of on a level playing yeah. field, more equal, as it were. But where and does Dodo fit into that? Does she see Dodo as the same? Or so Dodo, she sees more. him. So Dodo is a bit complicated because while Kiva sees dodo as the same like the sort of the same like level i just i would maybe she also understands that they're from entirely different backgrounds because a she can't drink she's too young to drink 
she sees that there is this kinship between Cadis and Dodo, and she doesn't want to get in the way of that. She doesn't want to be essentially the third wheel. And yeah, it, yeah. She kind of feels a bit like I really I like Dodo, but I'm not sure. At this time, I'm not positive that I know him well enough to expose the vulnerable parts of myself in that way. Whereas I like, yeah, you can. Whereas with Hawthorne, she kind of feels that. I suppose it's because of that Faye connection. Hmm. She sort of feels more comfortable. Yeah. And that would be in part because of who Hawthorne is and, you know, the promises that he's already made. Um, mm. But also, he's a cleric. He's a, a man mm. of gods. And where she's from, their connection to their gods is actually a lot closer than that of mortals and gods. Yeah. It's, because it's Faye slightly t- different, yeah. It's a different relationship. Faye live alongside their gods in many cases. So it's like, oh, well, yeah. you, you're, you're a man of God, so, you know, you know. You, you must know how this works. You must know how this the, crap works. <laughs> that, that was what I was thinking. I likened it to, like, the Cadis and Dodo thing. It's like two best friends who have a really good relationship, but then you're the third wheel. Like you said, the third wheel, you're the person. In the friend group, everyone likes everybody, but you always feel like a bit of an outsider when it's just them two. And you're like, ah, they, they're, they're, that relationship's different to the one we I have, like Hawthorne has with David yeah. or Hawthorne has with David. But that's, that's, how it, it, that's how it feels, which is quite good because that's <laughs> essentially how a proper friend dynamic would work. There's yeah. always going to be two or three people that get on closer then and then the others are still friends, but it's just it's a different dynamic to the other. Yeah, so cool. I actually liken Kiva's and Cadis's friendship to that of somebody that I knew way way back at school. They mm. were somebody that was older than me. They were they were in because we had mixed form groups, so we had like four people from each year group in one form. So all the way from year seven up to uh, year 13, there was, this person was two year groups above me and we were friends, you know, we could hang out when it was just the two of us, we could hang out, we could chat, we could laugh, you know, just, it was fine. But when other people got involved in the mix, we couldn't do that. Different. I had to step yeah. back because they were older, you know, they they had a more authoritative position, as it were. And it was like, nope, I have to step back. And that's the same with Kiva and Cadiz. Kiva thinks that, you know, she would love to be close enough to call Cadiz's sister. She would love to be able, you know, she's even offered, I will share my parents with you if you like. because If you want. Because yeah, you, you know your parents suck. <laughs> so if you want to share mine, yeah. you know you could share mine. Go ahead. But at the same time, Kiva's wary that actually, Cadis has a, quite a different upbringing. She's mm. technically a lady. She's technically a very powerful person, 
and in the Fey world, yeah. yeah, in the Fey world, you respect the people that are above you. Yeah, it's all about hierarchies and, and stations and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah, like, that's a weird sense of like I'm. Is it is inbred into me to respect someone who's a higher station than me, even though they don't portray that? Yeah, but because of the way that works, that's how it has to be. Yeah, and that's how it is for Kiva. So as much as she would love to just, you know, let go of all that, it's ingrained into her and she yeah, finds it difficult. Not... And I liken it to how how I treat my boss. When, when it's just our team, mm-hmm. God, we're awful people. <laughs> we are such awful people. We have the worst conversations ever. There are some, mm. some things get said amongst our team members and like, wait, did that actually come out of our mouths? What the hell? But yeah. then the minute that other people are there, the minute that, you know, one of the other managers is the there. The dynamic changes. The dynamic changes. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't this isn't us. What? And I think that's that's what it is for Kiva as well. She immediately, as soon as there's other people around, she feels inclined to defer, to step back, to, yeah. you know. Drop into a position that she's used to of being, I'm just back here, yeah. don't worry about me. Yeah. Because oddly enough, out yeah. of everybody, oh, Kiva, Kiva sees Cadis as the leader. That's going to sound weird. And Tony, really? if you're listening, ha-ha, you've got that weight on your shoulders now sorry love but um i'll be interested to see if we ever do like a, a players round table like what their thoughts on yeah to, like what are dodo's thoughts on hawthorne dodo's thoughts on yeah that would be... and and cadis's thoughts on hawthorne cadis's thoughts on kiva as well so i think we might have to do that one just to see yeah let's get them in let's ask them yeah do you yeah. do you like me yeah, Sad basically, face. what are your thoughts? Yes, don't hate me. <laughs> don't hate me. I love but, you. Um, yeah, I, th- I think on that note, I think that would be a good opportunity <laughs> to end the episode there because I think we've done a big deep dive into I, I think we did characters. A, I'm not even sure if it was a deep dive. I think we, we did some weaving when we were down there. I'm not quite sure yeah, what I happened. So. We well, went, I mean, it, it showed, I think it showed us how we got into character, those characters, and what influences <laughs> we made to get there. So I think that's cool. So hopefully you enjoyed listening and hopefully you got something out. How will you get into character? Um, yes. In, in fact, why not tell yeah. us what, to, what tools you use to get into character? So Definitely. you can actually contact us on our website as well as on Twitter. So if you go onto our Twitter page at Tukia Podcast and click on the link to our website. You can go to our contact page and you can actually tell us about little tools that you use. You can tell us little stories about how you've gotten into character or maybe do another deep dive. And what weird things have you ever, ever done to get into a character? Let's let's maybe avoid anything with violence, though. I don't I don't think that's mm. no, no violence, no, please. No. Also, on the subject of website, we now have a page where you can send us suggestions. So, yes, I've been busy. (laughs) So, please send us your suggestions. You go onto the suggestions page, which is under the contact tab at the top of the website, 
and just fill in the little form there. You can you can choose what type of suggestion you're sending us and then just let us know what you think. Tell us what we should do. What do you want to hear? What do you want to see us do? What stupid stuff are you going to challenge us to do? Because guaranteed in the new year, we're going to do some weird shit because why not? Definitely. And let, you know, let us know what, if there's any topics you, we haven't covered that you want us to talk about. And we'll, uh, we shall take it under advisement. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> guarantee nothing, but we will definitely yeah, we're take it. We promise. I should, I should take yeah. it under advisement, but I yeah. promise nothing. Um, we, promise, we guarantee something, but promise nothing. Um, so yeah so so if you're out there um i hope you enjoyed listening i've been shiv and i've been ailey thank you very much for listening and we will catch you all next time on two cobalts in a trench coat goodbye take care everyone